da 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 Who you gonna call? Nobody. Nobody's coming. Sorry. Let me out. <laughs> Hey, there's a bar, there's two bar, and then there's us, a tattoo bar. We take a couple of items, push everything together, and uh, throw them over the edge just enough that we can make them a little scared and pull them back up so we can go have drinks. My name is Dietrich. I am here with my lovely co-host, Taj. Hey, how's it going? Going pretty good. And we have a special guest in the house by way of the Galaxy, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? Great all to right, be here. all right. Thank you for being a special guest on this on this particular episode, sir. We've missed you very much, and and oh, we know you. you're going to have some great commentary. And and feel free to jump in and talk about Taj anytime you want to. Okay. <laughs> a topic about the topic, right? Not Taj, right? Oh, my bad. Yeah, the topic. Yeah, yeah, the topic works. You can talk about that too. But if you want to throw a couple of jabs at Taj, we're good. I got you covered. No problem. All right. Sounds good. Cool. So today we are talking about movies, but we're not just talking about movies. We're talking about specific parts of movies. In this instance, we're talking about movie scores, whether it be a song, whether it be a whole soundtrack, or whether it just be the eerie portion of the movie that gets your hair standing on the back of your neck for a particular situation. And we were just thinking, what happened if we took a particular movie score and we took it out of the context of the movie that it belonged to? And put it in a whole other movie, a whole other genre, a whole other situation. How would it actually sound? How would it actually work out? What would actually be the benefit or the negative part of that situation? So my thought process starting off was if I was to take a song or if I was to take a certain score or something of that nature, what would what movie would I want to first place it in? Right. And so. I went through a lot of movies in my head, a lot of stuff that was going around that, that basically swarmed in my brain. And what I came up with, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I took it back there. That was that 1972 hit. Um, it's a cult classic. It's it, it by far has not been repeated in any situation. But I was just thinking about certain parts through the movie. And for those who don't know, um, it's a movie that stars um, Malcolm McDowell. Uh, basically, it's a um, what's the best way that I can put it? It's it's a future tense in 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 Britain, right? And you're talking about um, you have a whole bunch of violence going on, you have a whole, whole bunch of uh, music going on, and it's a Beethoven, and you have this whole society of the type of situation. Words are slipping out of my head, but bottom line is you have somebody that's running a gang uh, that does brutal tactics to people um, goes through some kind of behavioral reform where he doesn't like violence anymore and then succumbs to the actual violence that he partaked on a bunch of people. So because of that, yes, I spoiled the movie for you. If you haven't gone to see it by now and it's already been 30 years out, spoiler alert, you suck. You need to go see that. But 
<laughs> just for the simple fact, it was one particular scene that came to my mind when I was thinking about this. And it was the chair torture scene. And this is when he's actually going through the behavior modification where they're holding his eyes open um, with uh, metal twigs and they're putting eye drops in in order to keep his eyes open. And they're showing images across the screen of all this violent nature. But then they're playing Beethoven in the background, <laughs> uh, Ludwig Band, in order to, to, to incite some kind of, of torture tactic to him. Um, he, he doesn't understand why they're playing uh, Ludwig Band in the background. Beethoven had nothing to do with any kind of violence. Why would you subject him to this? It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And I, I was thinking in that nature, it was that point in time, it was like, I wonder if you could take any song, put it in that aspect, and see if it would have the same effect, right? So the song that I thought of, which roughly came out about eight months prior to, um, was Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> and no, for copyright reasons, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through playing a song or anything of that nature on my behalf. But it was sung by Gene Wilder. Um, it was made or created specifically for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for uh, Leslie Bruce and uh, Anthony Newley. And uh, they created the song. Gene Wilder sung it, and it was it was a beautiful song. In a world of pure imagination, da, 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 da. and I was just thinking, like, what if you placed that song in that movie, switched up a little bit of the dialogue, and put that song as the actual piece that he was hearing that would cause the torture in his brain with all the violent actions that were going on? Like, I thought that would be like so absurd, and it would actually fit in the situation. What do y'all think about that? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it for sure because it's. I mean, especially with the themes that that movie has about free will, but also not being violent. But then they decide to give him back his free will, which is being violent. Which is it's yeah. That movie just works on so many <laughs> weird levels. You know, we're just trying to tell you different things at the same time. But yeah, yeah, it works on a social level, on a political level, on a on a morality level, like all across the board, it was like, okay, I can kind of see that. What What is your take on that, Brandon? Uh, on Clockwork Orange or about using pure imagination? <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> well, I've only, I think I've seen Clockwork Orange one time and I saw it, I think in uh, junior high school and it was too disturbing for me at the time. And somebody had given me wrong information about the movie. They told me it was a comedy, and so I started watching it, and I go, this is not funny at all. Um, but if you had thrown pure imagination into that particular scene, I might have laughed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it could definitely work. Uh, you know, I, I like Stanley Kubrick, and uh, I, like, I like Gene Wilder, so <laughs> put the two together, I mean, that's a... That's, uh, Cinematic gold right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, that that's like too too messed up and too beautiful at the same time not to put together. Like that's the perfect meaning of Tad Too Far right there. I could actually see Willy Wonka in Clockwork Orange. Oh my god. <laughs> He's a pretty disturbed individual anyway. 
<laughs> for sure. That is <laughs> I mean, so gangster. The whole chocolate factory could be in, in Clockwork Orange. So, yeah. Or it could be a manifestation of the mindset that somebody puts forth, or if they like use them as a torture tactic or something, you put them inside the chocolate factory and he winds up blowing up like a, like a blueberry pie or, or a blueberry, you know, or, or, or flying up into a fan that has to burp in order to get down in some type of situation like that, that would totally be a mind, uh, a mind mash. Right. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. So. All right. Okay. Okay. What did you uh, What did you have, Brandon? <laughs> Put me on the spot. Uh-huh. So nice this. Okay, so I, I'm a huge fan of, of film scores. I collect a lot of them, and uh, I definitely have several that are my favorites. And I have my favorite composers of all time. Uh, my favorite composer of all time is Jerry Goldsmith. Nice. He's uh, he's my personal favorite, but. Funny enough, my favorite score is actually not by Jerry Goldsmith. The one that I keep going back to over and over again is Conan the Barbarian by Basil uh, Polidoris. That's my favorite score of all time. I can listen to it any any day. So then I started thinking, well, could you use this score in a different genre other than a swords and sandal movie, right? And then I thought, well... Why don't I take a movie that has a Jerry Goldsmith score, remove it, and put Conan the Barbarian in that score? And I love Jerry Goldsmith. Don't get me wrong. But then I thought, you know what would be great? Take the Conan the Barbarian score and put it in Star Trek The Motion Picture. <laughs> wow. Because there's, there's so many scenes where I think the music you wouldn't think would work, but I think it would, you know? Like, I don't know if you've seen the movie in a very long time, but there is a scene in Star Trek, the motion picture where they just fly by the Enterprise, I think, for like 10 minutes. It's just like a flyover by the Enterprise. Nothing happens except them in the shuttle just looking at it in awe of its, you know, grandeur. Um, but you could totally take like the music in uh, in Conan the Barbarian and put that over there. You know, you could have a choir singing and drums beating and all that stuff. And I think it would still work magnificently with uh, with that scene. So, you know, that that's one one moment where I thought, yeah, that could totally work. Um, There's a great love theme in in uh, Conan the Barbarian. And there's a love a love uh, relationship in Star Trek, the motion picture with uh, the first officer at the time. Which, if I remember right, his name was Decker, mm-hmm. and he's in love with um, this alien. I can't remember her name, but she was bald. And <laughs> you fully use the love theme from Conan the Barbarian, and it would still work there too. Uh-huh. And there was another moment I was thinking that would work. One of my favorite tracks from Conan the Barbarian is the there's an orgy scene in Conan the Barbarian, but the music is amazing in that scene in Conan the Barbarian. It's very playful. And there's a scene in Star Trek where they're heading towards V'ger and they're in the tunnel. Another scene that I feel like takes 10 to 15 minutes till they actually get to V'ger. But you could totally play that music there. It's very playful and stuff. Yeah, it'll change the scene and the theme of it, 
but it might actually make that scene not feel as long if you right. had some kind of, you know, like not tense music playing over there. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something I was I was kind of playing with is Conan the Barbarian in Star Trek, the motion picture. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it, too. I like it a lot. The first thing that came to my mind was um what was that um the the wrath or return of Khan? I was thinking about what was it the second uh, Star Trek movie? I was like yeah, yeah Conan would like totally fit off in that shit, but it made more sense going to the actual original uh, motion picture. I was like yeah yeah that totally works. Yeah, I mean even the, even the beginning credits when it says Star Trek, you know, and Star Trek has a do 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 do, but if you had bum 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 bum. As the theme, <laughs> it would it would be fantastic, you know. Like, I'm watching a great <laughs> movie with like the most barbaric score. It's great. So it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> so I was totally. If this is why we we have Brandon on because we know him this well, and so and that's why I had you go first. The movie I picked. With Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan. Nice, nice. The score? No. Okay, so the score is played by a guy named uh, James Horner, right? And so the thing is that if you listen to the score, it's more fantasy based than um, than sci fi. Like because he did a lot of like fantasy movies. Like he, I mean. He's prolific, like he's done a bunch of movies, but a lot of them kind of sound the same. So he did like The Rocketeer and he'd done fancy movies and a bunch of stuff, but like, it's not sci-fi, okay? But so since Star Trek and its ritual concept is a Western, right? But because Star Trek II is so unique, Star Trek II needs to be an Italian Western. <laughs> so that means it needs to have this word score. <laughs> So hang on. Let's see if I got it right. Wow. <laughs> you want to put Ennio Morricone's score over Star Trek 2? Yes. <laughs> you want the good, the bad, and the ugly? <laughs> it's the most Italian Western of the Star Trek Westerns, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, maybe. Definitely more so than one. One is not action-packed at all. Right. Uh, Star Trek 2 is action-packed. Five is also pretty action-packed, but we don't talk about number five that much. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I could see it. So here, here's a question, though. Who's the good, the bad, and the ugly in Star Trek 2? <laughs> what, what, so the... the, the... With the like the the Wawa would be for uh, for Khan, of course. So you know, and then I have the the because uh, I was trying to measure it out. So like on and Brandon will get this part. Hang on, let me get that to you here. Sorry. So you know, th this the main theme song is when they're fighting in the nebula, right? And so when you get to about here, all right. So let's see. I'm playing. Sorry. That's all right. I just in my head I'm picturing him like Shatter going, con, and then the music goes wah wah wah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then this part here will play, you know, and then they're fighting in the nebula 
And then this is where, you know, they shoot the torpedo at Khan. <laughs> and then Kirk goes, I did nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Taj knows me well because Taj knows that that particular scene always cracks me up at the very end. Right. It, it's Shatner's delivery just makes me laugh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's classic. It's all the way classic. I think the ugly would be Spock, but that's kind of that's kind of too much for it. I can't I can't put that in there. Yeah, yeah I think about that one. But yeah, dude, now I want to see Clint Eastwood in it. <laughs> and and so and I figure when you do a, a Star Trek score, you need three things. You need the well, two main ones. You need the main you know normal Star Trek theme however you want it. And then you need the, the music for when you first see the Enterprise, because there's always a special. So, and the good, the bad, and the ugly actually has this, that would be the perfect one for when they're flying in on the showcraft, they're all looking at each other and then they see the Enterprise type of thing. So. That works. That's yeah. how it works. Right? So. That's crazy, but yeah, that actually, that actually works. So it, that's what I figured. So yeah. By the way, R.I.P. Ennio Morricone. He only died like a month ago. Wow. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a ninety or ninety-one. Mm-hmm. Great, great composer. Had a long life. Jane, I I actually love James Horner's score for Star Trek Two. You do. If, if, I, if I remember right, James Horner basically ripped off James Horner. When he did that score, yeah, he, uh, he took the music from a um, Roger Corman movie called Battle Beyond the Stars, and essentially just took that music and put it into Star Trek Two. Wow! So, like, of course, he enhanced it, and I may be completely wrong, but I remember the score being very similar to Star Trek Two. When I was listening to it, and like, in because he did the score for Rocketeer, and you're like, you can. He there's a lot of stuff he copies that you can tell <laughs> like he he reuses a lot of the parts that he likes. So, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I know. Exactly. But at the same time, you can't blame him. I mean, like he's like prolific, like he's had like I think it was 160 <laughs> uh, scores that he's done. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, all right, because he's done Willow. He did Rocketeer, did some animated movies. I can't think of. But yeah, he. He did. He yeah. did uh, Braveheart. He did Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely a Western score is going to fit Star Trek because that is essentially what Star Trek was pitched mm-hmm. as back in the sixties. Yeah. It was like Wagons East or Wagons West or something. Yeah. That was how Roddenberry uh, pitched it. One new frontier. Yep. It, and that's what I'm saying. It, it'd just be cool to do an Italian Western thing for, for Star Trek because it just makes sense, you know. Star Trek, just full of credits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. Damn. All right. All right. That so, would be a very different Star Trek if <laughs> you had a duel and each person had a phaser, and you had the Star Trek the good, the bad, and the ugly music playing over it. <laughs> right, and then one would be set to stung, one would be set to kill. <laughs> that, that, was, yeah. that would be yeah. so interesting. Nice. 
Oh, I can definitely see it. You can see it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, any other uh, soundtracks you thought about putting with other ones? Uh, No. (laughs) It it was a little hard. Yeah. It was was a little hard to narrow down. Like you said, you have some composers that have done so many different scores, so many different movies that you didn't want to get stuck in a rut. So, I really tried to isolate as much as possible. Right. And plus, I, I didn't want to do a, do a mistake where I did like replace the John Williams score with another John Williams score. So I was trying to, I try, you know, pick something. Doesn't, doesn't John Williams kind of do that sometimes already? <laughs> <laughs> I swear that like Home Alone and Harry Potter sound very similar to each other. Yes. Yes, they actually do. At least the theme song does. Yeah. Okay. There's no disrespect to John Williams. I like right. John Williams, but you know, talent borrows genius steals from themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, there's been there's been some accidents where I was playing a movie with the sound off, and I was listening to different music, and I've had music play over a movie, and I'm like, oh man, that actually kind of works. And it was it was accidental, but I'm like, this movie just was enhanced by this random song that just played while I have the movie playing on in the background. So it definitely can it can happen. It can for sure. Just like Wizard of Oz in the was it Dark Side of the Moon? No. Um Wiz the album. Oh I think they've I think they've timed like Dark Side of the Moon to Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They played them like simultaneously. Exactly. Yeah. So. But, cool. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, this has been a Tattoo Far. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and on our website, tattoofar.com. That's T A D T O F A R.com. We are part of the Sioux Empire Podcast Network. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Bye. Bye. Oh, see you or I won't see you.